Hello, and welcome to the pod where it happens. My name is Mike Espejo, and I'll be your host on this magical, wonderful mystery tour of a podcast. And as always, we're coming to you deep from within the bowels of Burlington High School here at the uh, worldwide headquarters of BCAT, Burlington Cable Access Television. Um, as everyone knows, we are on every, pretty much every um, outlet or every medium that you can get a podcast on to listen. So we are also on Apple Podcasts, which people have asked for. If you do like what you hear on the podcast, as I always say, please do leave us a review. We love those. People have left some nice comments on there, and it's very, uh, very cool. And if you don't like the podcast, no need to leave a review. Just we're good. We're all set with that. Um, today, we're going to do something a little different, kind of cool, and it's uh, kind of timely for me because um, I think I'm going to be in the market for something like this. And we're going to be talking about buying cars, which is always a painful experience for most people. And as always, we start each episode with a quote. Because I love quotes, and this quote is from the American writer E.B. White, who also everyone knows, or you may not know, wrote Charlotte's Web. E.B. White says, quote, everything in life is somewhere else, and you can get there in a car, end quote. And that quote is kind of fitting for today, for episode six, uh, Catching Up with the Cargotiator. And I have A.J. Matai, the founder and president and, I guess, originator of the Cargotiator. Hello, A.J. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, AJ is also from Burlington, lifelong resident since '84. Okay. Yeah. So long time. Yeah. High school. You, yeah. You started the uh, the cargotiator. Let us. What's the cargotiator for people who don't know? So, uh, cargotiator is a car buying concierge service um, where I help customers purchase and the help customers purchase cars. Or if they're leasing the car, help them walk them through the lease process. Um, what we do is we try to walk customers through the whole buying process, not just the simple purchase of a car or, you know, give somebody a price like Costco or BJ's or any of those companies. What we do is we walk customers through the whole buying process and help them through all facets of the buying process, including the trade, the price of the car and financing. Oh, so you do you run the whole gamut? Yeah, we try to make sure those are all the three facets where we try to help customers maximize their value, and that's really what we're trying to do is get any inch we can in the car buying process to help customers save money. That's awesome. So, what got you interested? What um, what made you start the business? Were you always a, a car growing up? Were you a, a kid that liked cars, or do you what 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 uh, what, called, what was the impetus for it's, this? It's kind of interesting. You know, it originally started with just liking negotiating and everything. I'm the guy that, you know, if there's a dollar to be saved somewhere, I guess I'm the guy that people call to save money on something, whether it's cars or anything. And it started when, you know, helping friends and family negotiate cars and really walking them through the buying process and figuring out, okay, well, really, I should be able to figure out how I could make money on this or monetize this. And originally... You know, I wasn't able to monetize it because I would charge the customer. And right now, my service is free to the customer where the dealerships pay me uh, to help uh, customers buy cars. So free of charge. Anyone can give you a call or check out your website and you pretty much walk them through and you have it set up so that it's doesn't no charge to anybody. Yeah, so there, 
there's a couple caveats to that, obviously, in terms of, um, you know, getting into some of the details. But if customers have already reached out to dealerships or if there's dealerships that aren't in my network that they want to work with, then the customer pays my fee. But otherwise, if customers are typically buying or leasing a car um, and, you know, I'll walk them through the whole buying process. And if I have a relationship with that dealership, it's absolutely free. Awesome. So just kind of buying the car is such a painful process and everybody kind of, when it becomes that time to get a new car, you kind of cringe. Why is it so, such a, a painful process when you pull up to the lot and, you know, everyone's been there and you, the, you know, it's like blood, like chum in the water and the sharks start to circle. <laughs> like, why, why does it have to be so painful? Well, I don't view it as a painful pro- process. <laughs> I, you know, find it a passion, but for most people it is, I, I think if you, what you try to do is you take the emotion out of it. And that's really what I try to do for customers is take the emotion out of it. We do everything over the phone. Uh, I've created a whole, uh, and after the initial contact with the dealerships, what I've created is a whole software process where the customers input their request for the deal, for the car they want. We have initial consult. They enter, you know, if they, once they enter their request, we do initial consult. Um, and then I share the, what the customer's request is with the dealerships. They enter their pricing automatically and it shows up in my system. So we have a full-fledged, full-round system where the customers enter their uh, the car they want, the dealers enter their pricing, we review it with a customer, and then they pick their car and go pick it up. It's really that simple. Wow. So how does it, so how does it work when, so say, someone gives you a call and they're interested in, say, you know, I don't know, Toyota Corolla, Toyota Corolla whatever. You set up like the test drives and everything, and do you- absolutely, yeah. Um, so some customers, you know, the first thing we always talk about when customers are buying a car is pick a car, and we walk them through helping them pick the car. Sometimes it's test drives, sometimes it's kind of just talking them through the different options that they're looking at, their price points, and then really just saying, okay, let's finalize what car you want. Because the reason these dealerships are taking me seriously is because I'm not just you know, window shopping, they know when I'm contacting them, my customers are buying cars. And I let them know that, that, you know, I don't get my, my customers are all through referrals. They are not through, you know, internet uh, search engines, just random mailing list. These are customers that are buying cars. The dealerships know that. And that's why it's important for them to pick a car so we can then just hone in on that car and focus on getting them the best price for that car. So can you uh, help with the car selection process or do you or do you want someone to pretty much have an idea of what they want no. when they come to you? We both. I mean, we can, like I said, we, there's a couple things, right? What you mentioned was, do we, you know, do we help customers test drives? Absolutely. I've had customers go on four or five different test drives to narrow down the car. We also can talk through the options that they want. So I don't, you know, just say, go pick a car on your own. I'll give them some tools to go look at cars. Well, you know, what? really it's budget, boils down to budget what size they want. So we talk through all those options and then they get to the point where like, I think I want this car. I'm like, okay, let's test drive that car. And then we set it up and make sure that they can go test drive it. <coughs> okay. Um, so how does it, how does, I'm a little confused about the test drive. So like someone, you will tell a customer, say they want to drive X and you would tell them to go to this particular dealership and the time will be set up yep. and they just walk in and say, Hey, AJ has set up a test drive. Absolutely, for me. yeah. So it's it, for the most part, that's exactly what it is. So let's talk about the Toyota Corolla. The customer wants to go in and test drive a Toyota Corolla. We set it up, 
so they can test drive the Toyota Corolla. Um, if it's if it's with some of my dealership partners a little bit further away, they may choose to go here locally, which I won't set up, but I'll you know kind of coach them through what to say to the dealerships. But if it's one to have a dealership relationship with, they'll we'll set up the test drive. They'll go test drive the car. There's really no the dealerships won't really bother the customer. They'll and they'll contact me directly, and we'll work through the pricing. And will they ride with the person on the test drive, or do they just let you go? Depends on the dealership. With COVID lately, you know, some customers want to go ride alone and, the, and they'll, you know, everyone's in masks and safe and whatnot. But uh, it depends on the dealership and the customer and what their preference is. Because some customers have a lot of questions about the car. They want to ride with the with the dealer. I've heard both recently. Pre, when the beginning of COVID, it was probably riding alone. But now it's more so, I think, they ride with the salesperson. But it, it, it again, it boils down to preference. That, that's interesting about COVID. How has COVID affected the car buying process is probably, I mean, you can't just walk up to a, a lot anymore. Well, I guess you... Yeah, you can, time. absolutely. I mean, the process, pr- like March, April, May, through probably like October, it was, you know, challenging for the customer. Um, but I felt I made it easier because, you know, we walked them through the whole process, but also set up all the test drives, you know, set up the appointments for the customer to make sure that they, you know, were meeting at the right time and whatnot to be able to go and either test drive, go pick up the car, or sign paperwork, whatever that may be. Oh, cool. So one question I had, and this is a, a question personally, so leasing versus buying, what, what are the advantages of one versus the other? Why would one go one way, one go the other way? What, what, are, the, what are the typical reasons people would lease versus buy or vice versa? It's it's funny you ask me that because a lot of customers will ask me, you know, what, you know, they'll come in as a lease customer and we walk through the scenario and, you know, kind of ask them some simple questions and say, are you the type of customer that wants to keep a car for a long time? Or are you that type of person that wants a new car every three years? That helps answer it. And the other piece that helps answer it is budget. So what I kind of walk customers through and saying, if you're if you're going to lease a car and you do two leases, at the end of those two leases, you don't have anything to show for it. So that's six years approximately. If you do that same thing and you buy a car, you might spend a little bit more money, but at the end of six years, you own that car and you have something to show for it, even if you want to get rid of it. So that's kind of what, you know, we walk through those scenarios. A lot of the, you know, customers will say, you know, I'm really that type of person that wants a new car and we, okay, well then you're a great candidate for a lease. Um, and some people, you know, I really want to just keep this car and try a new car every three years. And there's just different scenarios. And mo- so those kind of customers are great lease candidates. And most of the leases go three years? Most leases are three years. Some are uh, 39. We're working on a customer right now with a 39-month lease. I've done 42-month, some 48s, some 24s. The typical lease is 36 months. 36 months. And you can do a back-to-back on the same car? Can you do more than two leases on one car? No, I, and I didn't mean to be two leases on the same car. It would be that the customer would lease a car, turn it in, then lease another car. So I had a customer that did a two-year lease on a Nissan Rogue, and then she turned around and did a three-year lease on a Nissan Rogue. Just two different cars. Two different cars, yeah. You can't, I mean, after the leases, you know, you're at that point, it's a used car. They don't lease used cars. And I'm the type of person that, oh, every lease is a new car? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. And then typically the dealer would take them back and probably resell them. Correct. There's And there's, yeah, right now, you know, just to 
digress, but you know, right now the used car market is is huge. So what I tell customers is, you know, before you go and turn in your lease, there might be money in your lease. So we had a customer today, in fact, that just went and turned in their lease. First, he was going to turn in the lease and pay $500. I ended up selling the lease for him to a dealership and making him $1,200. So it was a $1,700 swing for him to not have to pay the disposition fee and then actually make money on the lease. And I'm a person that drives a lot of a lot of miles. I love I love road trips. I have family up in Maine. Um, there are a couple of things I do that are silly that I drive a long way for. We don't have to get into that. But so I'm probably not a good person for a lease, right? If I'm driving more than say twenty thousand miles a year or twenty five. Yeah, typically if you're a lease candidate, um, I've I've seen customers go up to fifteen. Typically, it's that ten to fifteen thousand miles per year lease but there is that one customer that's like you know they run a business and they don't want the wear and tear you know they want to pay for it at the end of it they don't want to own it and they'll do a twenty thousand mile lease but that's typically the most and you're going to pay up for that in terms of more dollars and does that take away maybe like um probably not as financially sound to have a lease that much you probably want to lean towards maybe buying at that point well like i said it's some people it's it's Again, I go by preference on whatever the customer wants. And we walk through the scenario of, you know, if so some people, like I said, don't want to deal with the maintenance and the wear and tear and having to deal with expenses that come with it, you know, after 60,000 miles or whatever. And, they, you know, things start breaking. I'm like, I want to just turn that car in. But that's typically rare. So the more likely scenario is what you're saying is if that customer is doing 20,000 miles a year plus, they're probably a candidate to buy. Yeah, that's probably why I've always bought. And you said used cars are hot right now. Well, why is that? Well, it's kind of a trickle-down effect from the new cars. Um, the new cars, there's a chip shortage. And, you know, there's customers are we're encountering it for every deal that I'm going through right now. There's a shortage of cars and there's less inventory. So that dries up. The supply's low. The prices get driven up. What it's doing now is making the used car market more valuable because now customers want to buy the used cars instead of the new cars. In addition to that, there's these online companies that are buying used cars like Vroom, Carvana, CarMax, and they're driving up the price of used cars. So they're buying up all the inventory and the auction prices and the used car prices are being driven up by them because they're taking a lot of inventory and the dealers are taking the inventory. So there's just... That's driving up the prices. Uh, one thing I that's that's really interesting that because yeah I've heard that from others like you drive by car lots these days and in the past you'd see they'd be full of cars these days they're not as not as well inventoried. They're running out of cars and they all everyone's telling me that that they you know they that's why if you're getting pe- people are getting uh, letters in the mail they're lease customers hey come come see us and you know we want to buy your lease out and. There truly are there. There's that's why the prices are high. There's actually equity in everyone's leases right now. So a lot of customers in the last three to six months, and it wasn't always like that. The last three to six months, customers are making anywhere from five hundred to two thousand dollars on a lease when they turn it in. Wow. And another thing I heard, this is kind of uh, made me think of it is that it's very expensive right now to rent a car because a lot of the rental companies kind of liquidated their fleets at the beginning of COVID because they weren't getting the business. Did that add to the used car inventory or did that not really have an effect? 
Well, that was in the last March when that happened. So a year ago. Yeah, it was about a year ago. But I actually just read the same uh, very similar article that they got rid of a lot of their inventory and these used car, the uh, rental car market. There's you got to make sure you have a rental car because they don't have a lot of inventory. So for whatever reason, they liquidated because they wanted to cut costs. And now they don't have as much inventory and everyone wants to go on vacation because things are opening up. Right. And, uh, yeah, especially some of the smaller uh, the smaller companies who, I mean, they just to stay open, stay afloat, not the, the big major change. They sold off a lot of their cars just to kind of keep the doors open. Kind of interesting. So leasing, I guess, so the advantages of leasing are you get a new car every three years. You always get a new car. You don't have to pay for maintenance. Um, the cost of entry is going to be a lot lower than, you know, taking on a loan for a new car. You know what I mean? So the cost, so someone's driving a car for a new car for, you could drive a car for three years. It'll cost you, cost you a lot less than buying that car because you're only taking on those payments for three years. Whereas if you're buying it, you know, you're taking on the full loan for that car and and you're going to take, you know, five, six year car loan out for that car and it's going to cost you a little bit more. But I look at it as, you know, we can help customers do both and customers have to make that choice of what they like. So if you don't want to, if you want a new car all the time, it's a great way to go to lease. If you want to, if you're that type of person that wants to keep a car, then you buy. And if you buy, you have that asset at the end of your loan. Yeah, absolutely. And right now those assets are actually worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's always nice, like a nice feeling when you pay off your car loan and you're driving around in a car that's paid for. It's kind of, it's kind of like cheating life. It's like free money. Yeah, that's exactly what I tell customers. You know, you have that five, six years of payments, and then if you keep cars, you know, year seven through ten, then it's free at that time, and it's not cost you anything. Whereas if you were leasing, you'd still be paying for that third lease, and you'd still be making payments on, on a lease. Right. So you, we hit on the, my question about the car shortage. Is it just the chips that are causing the car shortage? Because I know in my industry, it's um, it's PVC plastic, it's steel, it's copper, all of the, like the... The raw materials have kind of been hit hard with the storms in Texas and hit hard with COVID. Is it, for the car market, is it the chips that's causing things? Uh, it's the chip shortage is the the one thing that the dealers speak to. Um, I don't know if that's caused production slowdowns or previously in last year, March, April, production was shut down. So there was a shortage of cars because because production was slowed down or stopped for that matter. This year, I would say it's probably a combination of both, right? You've got, I don't know if the chip shortages have caused the production slowdown, but there's production slowdown. Things are taking, you know, customers may order a car, may take some cars that's coming in six to eight weeks. Other cars, some customers have to order. It could be eight to 12 weeks, or they can't even give you a date. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a little daunting right now for the new car market. It's trickling into the used car market. So it, it's it's something I've never seen uh, you know, I've been doing this for about ten years. Oh, and, ten years! Wow. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I've been, you know, been started this concept in 2010, 2011, uh, and but since then, I've never seen anything like this where where there's this shortage of cars and and hardly any inventory on the new car side. How long do you think this will go on like this? You know, you talk to dealers and like three to six months, but they've been saying that for the last three to six months. Right. So it's, it's to me, I look at it as the trend will probably continue through 2021. The chip shortage, hopefully that corrects itself. And once that corrects itself, you know, the manufacturing will continue and they'll be able to continue making vehicles at the normal rate. Gotcha. So what are the, let's talk about specific cars. What are some of the hot 
cars right now as far as the sedan market? What do you see in that's very popular with people? You know, a lot of the cars that I typically see people wanting to buy, look at it as, and, and this is not rocket science, what I'm going to tell you, but typically what people are buying are Accords and Camrys for sedans. That are the, When you say hot cars, I look at it as low cost of maintenance, reasonable price, and great uh, resale value. Good on, on gas. Uh, and good on gas for a sedan. I drive SUVs, so I kind of break that mold. But uh, yeah. um, so from that perspective, and, and if you look at the used car market, everyone wants a Camry and Accord. And if you're buying a new car... Typically, if they're buying sedans, the first thing people ask me if it's in their price point, they're looking for Camrys or Accords at a sedan level. Some, you know, other other cars are wonderful. I'm not knocking, yeah, you yeah. know, the other cars. There's Hyundai's that are out there that are great right now, um, and other cars. But what he asked me the best one, and it best is really preference, but also what the trendiest what I see, and it's always been the case, is typically the Camrys and the Accords on yeah. the sedan level. It's also very subjective, too, on what a person Yeah, and I was going to start with that and say yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a subjective thing, but, you know, from the market perspective, that's what I see. And what are you seeing out there in the SUV market? What are the, I'm going to throw out one real quick before you go. Um, my cousin just got one, and then a friend got one. The Kia... SUV, yeah, the Telluride. The Telluride, yeah, it's one of the hottest SUVs out right now. So actually, it's funny you uh, you know asked me that because I was looking on uh, an article today again, and again, it's subjective. But the hottest in the market right now is the Kia Telluride, the Hyundai Palisade, the uh, Honda Pilot, and the Volkswagen Atlas. Wow! And typically, what I do mostly and everyone's asked me for the telluride and it's just a hard car to find so you know we've what we've had luck in with one customer was what really wanted the telluride and we ended up finding him a palisade that met exactly his needs and he was very happy with it yeah i think both of them had to wait at least three months to get their tellurides yeah and, and so what happens is similar you know the there's no inventory the prices get dro- driven up and so there's not much ne- leveraging and negotiating power Hmm. Interesting. So another question I it made me think of it. Whoa, we're getting close there. Um, electronic vehicles. You deal with electronic vehicles, e-vehicles. I've I've dealt with a couple. I mean, there's obviously Teslas out there, and they they don't uh, negotiate. Uh, you know, their price is fixed pricing. Oh, really? Yeah. Price is the price. Yeah, for Teslas. But that's not to say that you know there isn't. You know, if you're taking in a trade, you know, contact me so we can talk about your trade because it's still leveraging and you know you want to talk about and about the trade your you know how you're paying for financing because those are the things they're still that's where dealers make their money a lot of their money is in the financing they make money on every facet of the deal yep. and you know the car, car price is one aspect of it the next one is the interest rate and the other one is the trade and the trade is probably where they make their most money and you also like you said handle all Soup to nuts, the whole process. So you handle the trade on someone's... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Tra- so a customer's going to buy a car, you know, like the big box stores, they'll they'll just give you a price on a new car and say, here's your price, and you'll be thrown to the dealerships to deal with them. What I'll do is I'll walk you through the whole buying process, not just the purchase of the car, but we're going to, you know, maximize your trade value. I have just recently acquired a car dealership, uh, so I also buy the used cars as well. Okay. And financing that's another piece that people think let me just go to the dealership and whatever rate they get me and what i'd say is no let's go armed with information and get pre-qualified and make sure that you're 
getting that lowest interest rate. So when we walk in, say, hey, if you can match this rate, we'll go with your rate. Else, we're going to go somewhere else. And so we're really trying to pick apart each part of that uh, buying process and maximize the dollars. That's awesome. So kind of a funny question here. When when the guy when you're buying a car and the guy says, let me go back and talk to my manager, and he goes into that back room, is he... Is he really like, are they really talking about things or is he just, is that a tactic? Honestly, I deal with everything over the phone and all my my software process handles, yeah. all, <laughs> all of that. So it's it's probably a little bit of that and a little bit of waiting game to uh, wait wear out the customer. Um, and, you know, well, I, what I try to do is we take the emotion out of it. I do everything, send the, you know, everything's an automated process. And then we just close the deals on the phone with the dealerships. So, oh, wow. yeah, so we're not, you know, we're, I'm taking that whole process of that whole waiting game. Now there's still the going to do paperwork that takes a little bit of time. And I tell customers, you know, be prepared to be there for a little bit because you got to sign paperwork. You got to go through the financing and they'll try to sell you some stuff. And if you want to buy it, well, let's talk about it, like accessories and warranties and things like that. I'll help negotiate those as well before you walk in so, you know, that you don't pay full sticker price for those as well. Yeah. Are warranties negotiable? Are they Everything's negotiable. And are they worth it, getting the extended warranties? It's, again, it's personal preference. Um, you know, if some a customer wants it, I'll, I'll work with a dealership to negotiate that up front. But if the customers don't want it, I say, here's what you're getting for a warranty. You're getting either a three-year 36 or four-year 50 on the luxury cars, okay? If something major is going to go wrong with your car, it's going to happen in those, you know, let's you get a lemon or something that's a bad car. It's going to happen in that time frame. At that point, it's normal wear and tear, hopefully, after that. So do you really want a warranty? And most customers walk through that scenario. and like, I don't really need a warranty. So we, you know, we say, okay. When they ask you, you know, just politely decline the warranty so that you don't have to buy them. That's cool. And that's pretty cool. I think one thing I learned today is I think you probably do a good job of setting expectations for the customer. Like, this is going to be the range for the car. This is what we're going to look at. And this is what they're typically, you're arming them with information before they even go into the process, it seems like. Yeah, we talked through a lot of different things. And the biggest thing is, like you, you mentioned, is budget. So customers, we try to back into customer tells me they have a $500 monthly budget or, you know, whatever that may be. And I go, okay, so let's talk about what that buys you over the course of a, so we'll back into, okay, so a five-year car loan, you know, I'm making up the numbers, but at uh, five years for $500 a month buys you $25,000. And, oh, okay, that's what I can afford for a car. So they kind of, you know, we walk in through that scenario and say, this is probably your budget. Okay, what do you want to put down? And they're like, oh, another $5,000. Okay, so now you can probably afford a $30,000 car. Oh, do you have a trade? So, you know, we walk through the whole situation to establish budget, establish what type of car they want, and then we actually then just figure out what car they want and pick the car and then go through that process. Cool, man. That's good. Well, this has been very informative. Um, It's such a cool service, man. And I think everything I've read online, I've seen, you know, on a lot of the residents page, like everyone just raves about the Cargotiator and the the good job you do. And um, I just uh, recommended you today, a friend uh, last night, uh, just because I see just so just you're really taking a lot of the pain out of a process that I guess is not painful. It's just people are unfamiliar with because you only do it like a few years. And it seems like you are like well into it and know all the ins and outs and you really make it easy for people. So that's cool. Anything that can make life easier is a good thing, I think. 
Well, thanks, Mike. Yeah, I mean, we try to make the process uh, as painless as possible for the customer. Uh, in the process, you know, save, you know, the standard, save them time, obviously save hopefully a lot of money. And that's the key, right? Our customers want to save money when they're going through it and, and make it as painless as possible. So they walk in and they feel good about the car they got. And I appreciate you, you know, saying that about the reviews. A lot of people in the Burlington town have bought cars through me and hopefully I'm providing a service that, you know, really meets the customer's needs and, and, and helping them uh, purchase cars. Yeah, I see it a lot. And I just always like, there's AJ at it again. So, all right. So what would you say the advice, wrapping it up here, my last question, um, your advice to someone, a prospective car buyer, I guess, what are the things they should know? Like probably the type of car they want, their budget, and what they're what they're looking to get out of it, and what they have for trade. Like, what are the the steps to come prepared to do this? I think the most important thing is we'll we'll talk about everything. But the most important thing is if you can narrow down the type of car you want or the car you want, that's probably the best way to start. But if not, we can still work with you and figure out and help you narrow that down as well. And see, like you know, we talked about earlier, setting up test drives for customers or whatnot, and you know, come in with an idea of your budget. Uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll go to work and uh, figure out what what the best car for you is. That's awesome. So, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the what's the best way? Phone, website. How what, how do we get a hold of you if they want to come yeah, the, see you about getting a car? The best way is uh, I have a website uh, www.cargotiator.com. Okay. Um, and you can uh, there's a uh, someone can put in a, a request on the website. Uh, to pick a car that they want. If there's also a contact us page, if you just want to send me an email and ask me questions, typically what I do is anytime I get a question or a request for a car or just, a, you know, on my contact us page, um, I'll always set up a conference call just to, just to have a conversation with the customer and make sure we set expectations of what they're looking for and at least start the process that way. So I want to make sure how soon they are in the process, if they're looking to buy right away or if they're further out. And then we talk about all those things. So www.cargotiator or the Cargotiator? No, www.cargotiator.com. Cargotiator.com. And then there's the best way to get a hold of you and contact us page and put it right in there. Absolutely. And my phone number, if you'd like to reach me through phone, is also 781-436-0227. Awesome, man. Any, any final words you want to share with us or any prospective thoughts on the car process or to... The people of Burlington or customers or anything we've talked about. No, I just want to say thank you for having me, Mike, and uh, uh, on your uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. And to the customers out there, thank you for uh, you know using my service. And hopefully, people will continue to use the service. And uh, you know my my business primarily through referrals. And hopefully, people keep using and keep referring me to other customers. And that's how the word spreads. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Aiden. This has been good. Very informative. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me here at the podcast, as always, it's um, happenspod at gmail.com or I'm on Instagram at happenspod and tweeting also like a quiet, very quiet bird at happenspod on Twitter. And um, that's our episode for today. I think it's been very good. Again, thank you to AJ and the Cargotiator. It's, uh, I'm definitely going to come to you when I'm ready. I'm not ready yet, but I'm, I've got ideas and I think I have to uh, also kind of figure out what, what kind of car I want and which way to go. But I, I'm definitely going to give you a call. Uh, so thank you for listening. This has been the pod where it happens. As always, listen to each other. Look out for each other. Uh, take care of each other. Help a friend. Do something nice for someone. Step outside of your comfort zones for each other because we have one world and one life, and it's a lot easier if we are nice to each other. So this has been the pod where it happens. 
Thank you for listening. Love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side.